morning we give in joy, knowing that you are our source and you are our provider. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. you guys are here. Hallelujah. I'm excited. Who's excited? Amen. I believe I have a timely word for the people here, for the people watching online, and uh, I'm super excited for, uh, to wrap this all up, and um, we're going to go ahead and get started. Los Angeles, 1962. Scotty Smalls has just moved in to a new town with his mother and stepfather Bill during the summer. And due to this summer break, he's obligated to make some friends. He grabs a baseball glove and follows a group of boys to an abandoned baseball diamond. And he stays out in center field, but a baseball is hit towards him, but he can't catch it and he can't throw it. He's so embarrassed by everyone laughing at him that he runs home to hide. He has accepted the fact that he isn't good at anything. He is stuck in fear and rejection because of something he can't do on his own. And why is it that the ones who want to fulfill their purpose the most are the ones who are laughed at, ridiculed, abandoned, and misunderstood? Rejection will always happen before you take your position. Rejection will always happen before you take your position. And we find Scotty in the beginning where because of this, he is locked in his room and he sits on his bed of rejection. He sits because he has been laughed at, he's been ridiculed because of something he can't do himself. You know, there's so many things that we're doing now, but we have to remember we were in a place where we didn't know jack squat. And we can't relate to the people coming in. Why is it that we get so wrapped up in church that we can no longer stoop down to what the world's facing, to what the world's going through? And this is, this is Scotty, Scotty Smalls. In Mark 3, 21, speaking of Jesus, it says, when his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. So Jesus' own family, talking together at the family table, he's lost his mind. Who does he think he is? That's a lot of what, when you're pursuing your purpose that God has called you to, that's a, that's a lot of what your family sounds like. I'm just being real. 
they're not always excited <laughs> because they've seen the worst of you. They've seen you in the bad parts and they remember the bad more than they remember the good. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's what makes them laugh. <laughs> it's what makes, it brings them joy is to sing. I saw that guy at his worst. And who does he think he is? Amen? <laughs> In John 15, 18, it says, If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. It's a good thing to be hated. Because when you're hated, it means you're doing something for the kingdom. Amen? I know that's not popular. Everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be popular. And that's the thing. Look, I'm not saying Jesus wasn't loved and I'm not saying he's popular. But he sure was hated. Those Pharisees and Sadducees weren't thinking how much, oh man, I can't wait. I just love that guy. I just love that. Because it was contrary to what they believed. It was contrary to what they were used to, which was religion. It was just a list of do's and don'ts. And when someone says, no, I came to break that, they said, whoa, who do you think you are? Amen? He came to that which was his own, but his own did not even receive him. We're not always going to be received by the ones we want to be received by. A lot of us are depending on important people in our lives to be the supporters, to be the ones that go. And yes, there are some, but it is few. Not everyone that is close to you is going to be rooting for you. That's the sad reality. And I'm not here to preach a sad message, okay? It gets better, I promise. <laughs> Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, 4 through 5. 1 Peter 2, 4 through 5. Hallelujah. It says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Skip down to verse 7. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The very thing that is rejected is chosen as the cornerstone. Hallelujah. That's good news to you and me. That he only chooses the rejected. We have all experienced reject in some form, in some way. But he chooses us. Because it says the builders, they don't use those stones. But here comes Jesus saying, I'm going to be the chief cornerstone. I'm going to be the foundation, and you are going to be built upon me. And what does he say? 
This rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Hallelujah. You are a stone, but you are a rejected stone. You are a stone, but you're a chosen stone. It says, you're rejected by men, but in the sight of God, you are chosen and you are precious. Say, I'm chosen and I'm precious, but I've been rejected. (laughs) You've been rejected, but you're still precious and you're still chosen. That's a lot better than just being rejected. Hallelujah. Someone you don't even know. (laughs) Someone I didn't even know chose me. Hallelujah. He called me precious before I even knew him. Amen? Now, during this, dealing with his rejection, he finally gets, uh, Scotty gets the guts to ask his stepdad, Bill, can you teach me how to play catch and throw? Okay, so he grabs his glove, they go out. And long story short, he throws a curveball, it busts his glove, and it hits him right in the eye. So Scotty Smalls, he's got a black eye now. He can't catch, and he still can't throw. Don't expect the ones that are close to you to be the ones that help you fulfill what you need to experience yourself. Because you're just going to end up getting a black eye. You're going to hurt yourself more. You're not going to move forward. You're going to have to face what embarrassed you, what you ran from, what was too much for you to bear. Amen? Hallelujah. But Benny, Benny Rodriguez, Benny the Jet, he comes up to him and hands him a glove and invites him to play ball with him. They meet outside a convenience store while the rest of the team is talking about baseball and mimicking the one and only Babe Ruth. They are confident in baseball because of their experience in it. They spit as their names are introduced by Benny Discotti. That's how confident they are. You say my name, I just spit on the ground because I know what I'm about, I know what I can do, And this is who I am. That's what they're saying. And when you know who you are in Christ, you're... (laughs) You're spitting, baby. You're confident in who you are. Scotty asked, who's the great Bambino? And their mouths drop. And they say many names. Okay. The King of Crash... The Sultan of Swat, the Colossus of Clout, the Colossus of Clout, the Titan of Terror, the Great Bambino. And Scotty thinks they're talking about Bambi, the deer. (laughs) Matthew 16, go ahead and turn there, Matthew 16, 13 through 16. Matthew 16, 13 13 through 16, it says, Now when Jesus came into the district, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? 
And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. You see, it wasn't just flesh and blood that revealed to them who Babe Ruth was. They lived it. They experienced it. They knew it was crazy to see a guy hit a ball that far so many times. That guy didn't look like he could do that. Babe Ruth was fat. He had a chubby face. But man, when he hit that ball, it was another story. They saw this man and they did not believe he was flesh and blood. They did not believe he was. Now, this is the thing is that God revealed the name to them and it wasn't revealed to them by flesh and blood. So that means you can't rely on just written information. You can't just rely on words on a page. It has to be in you and it has to be a part of you for you to be able to experience it. You need to know what you're talking about. Stop telling me I'm healed when you don't know for yourself. I don't want to hear it. And you know what? The world doesn't want to hear a sham gospel. You can, pre you can preach all you want to, but there's power in knowing <laughs> he chose me, and I'm able to walk in that name. I'm able to live in that name. Hallelujah. And that is with the gospel carried out, because that's the thing. There is power. There is so much power in the gospel, and that's the thing. We cannot sell it short. We can't. Hallelujah. Babe Ruth was all of these things that I listed. They didn't believe Babe Ruth was flesh and blood, and the pitchers were even afraid of him. Bill Werber, who was on the New York Yankees during 1930 through 1933, he said, I was on first base, and when Ruth had hit it, I ran as fast as I could all the way to home base. And once Babe had caught up with him, he patted him on the back, and he said, you don't got to run that fast when Babe hits it. And... I saw that, I was like, wow, wow. This guy knows what he's gonna hit. This guy knows what he's talking about. But Ruth hit 714 home runs and started while home runs were unheard of. So no one could hit the ball like Babe Ruth. And we've all been in the position Scotty Smalls was in. You may sound like you don't know everything, but at least you're present. At least you aren't running away from what's uncomfortable. At least you're not running back to that bed of rejection. Instead, you're facing people who don't really care about what you have to offer. But instead, you're there. You're there. And that's the, that's the best place to be to say, 
I'm here. I don't know everything. I don't know what I thought I knew enough, but apparently everyone started a new job. And you're like, man, I'm the best candidate. You talked yourself up. You lied during the interview. I'm sorry. That's what we do, okay? (laughs) I guess I'm the only one. But you get there and you're like, what did I just sign up for? I, I, I had all the, it's almost like you had all the stacks of information that you had studied for years and none of it's applicable. That's what it's like stepping into your purpose. You think you know it all based on, but you don't. First Peter 2.15 says, For it is the will of God that by doing right you may silence, muzzle, or gag the culpable ignorance and irresponsible criticisms of foolish people. Does it mean silence the people? Gag the people? No, it doesn't. It means to silence the criticisms that are there. You want to know when you're in the will of God is when you're being criticized by foolish people. Big, big indicator. So after this introduction, they finally arrive to the sandlot. And uh, there's no hot dogs being handed out. There's no one there but them. It's nothing but dirt. Dirt and a few patches of grass. It's abandoned. It's lost. It's not a popular place to be. And it's nowhere a parent can be found. This is where they play. And this is where they live. So let's go ahead and play that first clip. Yeah, yeah, so with my sister, but I didn't bring her. Nine guys, we got a whole team, yeah, yeah. No. Elsewhere we had a whole team. Elsewhere, good Come on, Benny Man. He he gay. You saw the way through? Yeah. You already fill up all the empty positions. Since Elsewhere moved to Arizona. Right, and now I get to rotate eight positions instead of seven. I need the practice, guys. You're the best on the team. You don't need any practice. No, you don't. You're the best, man. Come on, Benny, man. The kid is a L7 weenie. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Meyer, even. Footlong. Dodger dog. A weenie. Laughing at yeah, You run like a duck. KK, but I'm. I'm part of the game, right? Now, how come he don't get to be? Because he's a geek, man. He can't geek. catch. Man, face off, you blockhead. Smalls, you take left center, okay? Okay. Where exactly is it? It's over there, man. That's 
left. I said left center. Throw it, you know. Amen. 
Go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 18. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 18. You are not over the body, you're a part of it. And stop thinking you're the head when you're just a part of the body. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 18 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. You're chosen and you're precious. But you are put in a particular place for a particular reason. Go down to uh, verse 19 through 24. I got the message translation. It says, but I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you're a part of. You're only significant because you're a part of the body of Christ. And that is a tough pill for some to swallow because you want to be the star of the show. You want to be the one part that everyone looks at, but you can't be because with you, we're able to succeed. Without you, it hurts us. That's the way the body of Christ is set up. It says, an enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you? Or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out? As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts... Every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. That's why I say, I love what Benny says. He says, base up, you blockheads. Isn't that, ain't that the truth? You're too, you're too worried about who's on base. You're too worried about who's coming on the team and who's doing what. 
when you were made for a particular purpose to step in, to guard, to, to, to step in, to stay. And you're too worried about everyone else. Base up, you blockheads. Base up because we need you in your proper place. We don't need you distracted with something else, with something you strive to be. When God has called you to do one specific purpose that you can only do. We have been given those specific purposes. And this is the thing, especially coming to when Scotty Smalls is learning to catch it and to throw it. Don't expect to know it unless you experience it for yourself. And you can't throw what you haven't caught. You can't throw what you haven't caught. What Jesus did made it possible for us to catch it, know it, experience it, and then teach someone else how to catch it and throw it. See, that glove in the air, it's crazy because that didn't happen to us, catching a ball, okay? A lot of the time with, with that. But I want you to know that Jesus made it that easy to where we'd be able to raise our arm and just believe that a ball is going to fall in the glove. When you believe in your heart and you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's a done deal. The ball's in your glove. He has made it possible for you. But I'm telling you, you can't throw what you haven't caught. Amen? We have been convinced that we don't have the salvation preached and proclaimed. We don't have the healing we want and need because God is trying to teach us a lesson. We, we believe our purpose is on hold because we have believed it's over the fence. We believed it's, it's past the fence. We're, right when the scene cut off, you heard that growling. What's over that fence? The beast. The beast. And the beast is a large and highly territorial English mastiff that is described in a legend by Squint. This is a kid-eating, giant gorilla dog thing. Once their ball is over the fence, it's gone. Forget it. Don't even worry about it. We'll get a new ball. The one thing that we want to do and accomplish has been given to the beast to keep while we scramble for a new ball. What we need in order to live this life, in order for them to play that game, is a ball. And when that ball is gone, what's keeping them from it? It's the beast. The beast. And I'm telling you, the ball in baseball is as important as communion with the Father. Don't expect to fulfill your purpose and don't expect to have a relationship with God without communion. Because that is the whole reason Jesus came, is to restore that. Hallelujah, and I'm so happy he did.
So one day, Benny hits the team's only baseball so hard that he knocks the cover off. And with uh, Bill, uh, Scotty's stepdad on business, Smalls borrows the baseball in his trophy room, which has been signed by Babe Ruth. He doesn't know it's been signed by Babe Ruth. He thinks it's just a girl named Baby Ruth or something. (laughs) And so he brings this ball, and since he brought this ball, he's the first to hit it. Scotty steps up to the plate. They throw the ball. He hits it, and it's a home run. He hits that one ball that went over the fence, and then he realized, oh, my gosh, we, we have to get that ball. They make several attempts to retrieve the ball, but the beast destroys them all, every single one. Go to Hebrews 10, 3 through 4. Hebrews 10, 3 through 4. It says, but in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. It's just a reminder. <laughs> that, that gate, that fence is just a reminder. A reminder of every single ball they've hit over that fence and they can't get to. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So I ask you this, how many sacrifices were made to retrieve what was lost for you and me. Back then in the old covenant, they killed and killed and killed and killed and killed till they could feel something. But it was never enough. The blood of bulls and goats was never enough to sustain the payment necessary for our sin. And I want to show you before the second clip, Benny Rodriguez, once he knows that the ball is over the fence and they've tried everything to be able to do it, Babe Ruth comes to him in a dream and visits him. And he says, I need you to go get that ball that's over that fence. He says, you don't understand. There's a beast. And he's thinking, a beast? What, What are you talking about? And Benny knows exactly what is required of him because he knows he's going to have to lay his life down on the line to retrieve what is lost. So go ahead and play that second clip. Only one kid in history had ever attempted what Benny was about to. And he got eaten. So we were worried, real worried. Even when Benny brought out the secret weapon, shoes guaranteed to make a kid run faster and jump higher. PF Flyers. Committing suicide, Benny, don't do it. Yeah, 
Don't do it, Benny. Yeah, don't do it. It's suicide. Yeah, I do, Small. I have to do this. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid.
Go ahead and turn to 1 Peter 2, 21 through 25, where we'll get this wrapped up. Hallelujah. Is this blessing anyone? Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and put that first picture up, Mark. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2, 21 through 25 says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges, judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You see, Benny Rodriguez didn't have to do it, but he chose to give up his life in order to retrieve what had been stolen. The fence fell on the beast, and Scotty and Benny lift up the fence to let the beast out. The beast licks Scotty's face and leads them to a hole completely filled with all the baseballs that were once lost. I'm telling you, what you think is lost is not. You may feel like it was gone, but I'm telling you, Jesus tore the veil from the top to the bottom to be able to give you the keys to unlock what you need for your divine purpose. It's already done. The fence did not fall on the beast, but it fell on Jesus. That fence is what separates you from what you need. It could be sin. It could be fear. But it's, I'm telling you, it's not someone else who made it. It's you who gave permission to the enemy to build it. And it keeps you from what you need. It keeps you from playing the game. Like I said, don't expect to be able to play the game if you can't have communion with the Father. And because of Jesus doing this, we can play forever. I don't have to worry how far I hit it. I can hit it as far as I want because someone went to bat before me. He showed me how to hit. He showed me how to lay my life down. He showed me how to step in to what I need to experience despite the rejection, despite the ridicule. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They played this because they saw someone play it. They had to experience it for themselves. And I'm telling you, you must experience for yourself. Stop relying on grandma and grandpa's scraps. Stop relying on your mom and dad telling you what the Bible says and that. It's for you and for you. Take it. Experience it for yourself. Stop believing it for other people. 
He wants you to have a personal relationship with him because he designed you. He made you in, the, in his image, but he gave you a specific purpose, a specific calling within the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful that I have a church, the body of Christ that I'm a part of. I can't do this without you guys. And when one of you leaves, we suffer. Hallelujah. But I'm ready to bring more in. Hallelujah. Into the body of Christ. And I'm telling you, that wall, it was separated. It was separated. It fell down on Jesus. And now we're able to partake in what was lost. <laughs> what can never be retrieved by the blood of bulls and goats. What can never be retrieved back then. But Jesus took it and he grabbed it and he ran with it. And you know what? He threw it to us. And he said, you run it. You run it. You hit this out of the park and you run with it. But me, I'm like, you want me to do what? <laughs> it's supposed to sound crazy. But the reality is you're the only one who can do it. Amen. And I want to show this last, this last picture coming up. This is it. I know you guys are ready for your steering and, and win, so. <laughs> but I love this picture and I love this scene is when Ham comes up to the plate and he does the legendary call your shot. Doing that is called calling your shot, and that is something Babe, Babe Ruth did, is that he was so confident and so experienced that he could literally call the shot. He would take his bat and he would point to where he was going to hit it. And I'm telling you, Jesus did that so you would. He has empowered you to be able to call your shot even when you feel like you can't even do it. Even when you feel like you can't even swing. Something, something just rises up on the inside of you and tells you, you know what? I'm not even playing anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point no matter how many people are laughing at me. No matter how many people are ridiculing me or telling me that I'm not worth it that I can't do it, I'm still going to point to the stars. And I'm going to hit that ball as hard as I can. I might even strike out once just to build the momentum. I might strike out another time just to keep it going. But I'm telling you, we were made to hit the ball as hard as possible. But I'm telling you, we do it because Jesus did it. He did it, but he didn't just do it and walk away. He said, you do it now. I've shown you. I've taught you. Go do it. Hallelujah. Who's going to call their shot in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. We're empowered to call our shot and to swing and cause it to fly. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Trevor, you can go ahead and come up. Amen. Amen. Well, God on Film continues next week. We encourage you to invite someone to be a part of that. We want to remind you about Disclosure tonight at 6 p.m. with Pastor Greg. And also, don't forget, it's Food Truck Sunday out there. There's barbecue and limeades and lemonades that help support missions. And lastly, if you need prayer for anything, uh, if you need uh, to talk to a minister, we'll have them up at the front after service, and you can get your needs met today. You don't have to leave here without them met. And so you are dismissed in Jesus' name. We'll see you Wednesday.